This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson, and, well, it's Friday. It is Friday. <laughs> Just had a game, and now we have another one right around the corner. Yeah, and, uh, well... Such is life nowadays. We would love to talk about said game, but... <laughs> having some technical issues here. Having some technical yes. issues here in the studio, because apparently it... it uh, this studio, we can't get internet service, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's sort of important for uh, things we reference throughout the show and whatnot. That would be nice. So we will fly by the seat of our pants and see what the heck happens. Great. Yeah, I don't I have no idea where we're going to go with this or <laughs> where we can go with this, but we will go with it for the next two hours. Um, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> So Anyways, Steelers had their uh, first practice today. I do know what the practice report was. Okay, I didn't yeah. see that. Uh, no Steven Nelson today. Ben Roethlisberger got the day off. That's it. If Everybody Nelson else. doesn't go, is Lane the fill-in? No. Who when, would be? When, they got, uh, w- when Joe Hayden got hurt in yeah. game against Jacksonville, they brought Cam Sutton in. And put him outside. On, on the, in the base. And then when they went to the uh, dime, or nickel or dime, Sutton kicked inside and Lane came in to play the outside. And Hilton would be out in base. Yes, or, Hilton, or, in, or Hilton's, in nickel, I mean. Yeah, Hilton. Well, no, Hilton's in, he's inside. Yeah. I see what you're Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So Sutton would be the early down outside corner. Yeah. And Lane would be the late down. If they uh, go to the dime, I don't know. You're not going to play dime against Washington. Not very often. Not yeah. very often. They're more of a heavier personnel type. Yeah, I think they played maybe. I know Marcus Allen played three snaps. I'm, I'm doing all this stuff completely yeah, off, off memory, memory here. Right. It's a good thing I have a good memory because, <laughs> you know, I looked at these things earlier in the day, and now, I, you know, they're kind of ingrained in there. But Marcus Allen played three snaps against against the Ravens on yes. Wednesday. Um, so they were only, I'm assuming they were only in the dime three times Okay. game. Yeah, I mean, he's the dime backer. He's the dime backer. He's the yeah. guy. Yeah. I don't sit there in the press box and chart, well, they're a nickel, they're a dime. No, of course I mean, not. I may make not. note of it sometimes sure. early it's in the game. It's a heavy game, percentage but, of or, Yeah. And it's not like Baltimore is a heavy three and four wide receiver team. Right. I don't think Washington. Neither is Washington. Either, I sent right. you some stats last night. I'd love to be able to access them here, but I, <laughs> I don't believe I not can. Not available to t- on, uh, well, Maybe I can here. Uh, Terry McLaurin, um, he's their entire passing game. He really is. Although, I meant to send you something back. Gibson's role has really grown lately. But for the season, it's For the season, McLaurin, it's not even close. It's not even yet. close. He's, he's been targeted 27.3% of their, with 27.3% of their pass attempts have targeted him. Think about that. That's, I mean, that's fourth most in the league. It's over a quarter yeah. of the throws that come out of any of their quarterback's hands go to the same guy. Yeah. That everyone's rolling coverage to. You know. His 983 receiving yards are 625 more than the next closest guy on the team. On the team. Which yeah. is J.D. McKissick. He has 338. 
They are 718 yards more than the next closest receiver, which is uh, Sims. Yeah. Who has 13 catches. I'm say he hasn't done anything at the beginning of the year. <laughs> He's, He's got 13 catches. A little bit, right. 13 catches. <laughs> That's their number two guy. That's their number two guy. I mean, it really is. McLaurin or dump at the backs. That's and the whole offense. That's the whole offense. So if Especially I'm with Smith, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna. Why would you rush? If Stephen Nelson's not 100, percent you don't play him in this game. No, I don't think you play him in this game. I mean, McLaurin moves all over, and you'd like him against Nelson as opposed to his backup. But I'm gonna double uh, him every time he he's out there. Help anyway, yeah. right? I mean, exactly. That's that's your point. And, and you know, Gibson and the in the in McKissick have gotten a lot of targets. Since Smith has been there, it's starting to drift more towards Gibson. Well, yeah, because all all, all, all Alex Smith does is swing the ball, swing passes all exactly. day long. They're all one yard throws. They're yeah. behind the line of scrimmage. Or yeah, Alex that's, Smith hasn't changed. That's at another all. stat that I saw. Alex Smith is thirty third out of thirty three qualifying quarterbacks in yards per pass attempt. In, yeah, uh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. It's like five yards per pass attempt. He's in, always his air <laughs> his air dot. I should say. Let's pull up football outsiders. Oh, oh I'd uh, love this. I'd love fun. to, but <laughs> if you you've seen their metric, their Alex A L A L E X metric. Well, they it's a joke off of Alex Smith, and I forget what A L E X actually stands for. But what it means it is means quarterback often. who refuses to throw the ball down the field is what <laughs> yes, it means. Yes, but they have a metric where they judge how short of the sticks you are on average on third downs or. Maybe you're five yards past the sticks. Whatever, if it's third and eight, you throw it a six-yard pass, it's minus two. If you throw a 10-yard pass, it's plus two. Every year of his career, he was either first or second in most conservative and or shortest throws. I mean, even not even a first and 10 situations. I mean, in in third and 15s, he's dumping it off. Like, refuses to take chances with the ball and is ultra-conservative. And that's before, I don't mean to be rude, he shattered his leg. You know right. what I mean? I mean, that was before injuries and age. That was him in his prime. Well, and and I saw some things that, well, you know, uh, RG3 uh, didn't do much in that game the other day, but he showed some teams how they can beat the Steelers by having their quarterback do design runs. You're not going to do a design run with Alex. Now, maybe no. maybe Buffalo will two weeks from now. Oh, they will. And yeah. they should. And they do that anyways. Right, right, right. But... Alex Smith, they don't want Alex Smith running around with the football. No, and he used to be a very good athlete. Yeah. I remember the— Cleveland's not going to do that with, with Mayfield. Mayfield's like, run, no. most teams aren't they aren't equipped to do that. Not like a Ravens level. No. You know, right. Um, I was in the war room when Alex Smith came out. That was the year I was with the Browns. He was the first pick in the draft. We had the third pick in the draft. We ended up taking Braylon Edwards. Um <laughs> But he was you – know, so I'm, we watched him heavy. And, yeah, right. You know, I, I mean, I, I Just watched in case. eight games, you know, and yeah. also with Aaron Rodgers. And for, believe it or not, the Browns like Rodgers more than Smith. But they we like Braylon but, more than But everybody. still passed on him. <laughs> we, we like, Braylon was our number one yeah. guy. Right. Um, but Smith was a tremendous athlete before – he was a little ahead of his time. I mean, because athletic spread quarterbacks, that was like the knock on him was – well, this is a, what do you do with him? Can he run this in the NFL? Offense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a big deal with him coming out, you know. And even like the Tedford guys and all those. Now players, everybody's doing it. Now he'd be perfect yeah. for it, you know. And uh, if but, he would throw the ball down but, the field, but he still has that problem. Yeah, I mean, he's still way too conservative with the ball, and he looks, makes Teddy Bridgewater look like a gambler. Yes, he does. <laughs> he really does. He really does. And what's interesting to me in this game, and the Steelers do it for a different reason. 
maybe the two best pass rushing teams in the league. Right. But they probably play the two passing games that get it out the quickest in the league. Correct. I know the Steelers do. Yeah. yeah but I'm sure Washington's close, especially with Smith running the show. Yeah. And, you know, there's a reason why um, the Steelers would always beat those Andy Reid teams with Alex Smith at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't challenge the defense at all down the field. No, it's doesn't. all swing. They're they're gonna if they're they're just gonna play zone and tackle and tackle the and tackle yeah, the ball carriers. Yeah. That's what their cornerbacks were always built to do. Mm-hmm. They yeah, still do been, do that well. That's I mean, a good point. They're always been a good tackling. So career. okay, you hit you connect in that pass, two yards. Mm-hmm. You get that pass three yards. Okay, now it's third and five, and you hit another swing pass, and it goes for two yards punt. They probably won't <laughs> blitz much. They'll probably hover around. You know, the five yards off the line of scrimmage. That's what I would do. See it, ball comes out, tackle. And, I mean, I don't mean to talk out both sides of my mouth. It works a lot better for the Steelers because it's they're throwing to receivers on crossing routes and you, you scheme them right. open you know, as opposed to dump it to dump the to back. The back. Dump, to the back. dump to the back. It, it, I mean, J.D. McKissick a couple weeks ago, um, when I think it was Alex Smith's first start against Detroit, had 15 targets. Yeah. He's J.D. McKissick. And he's J.D. McKissick. He's J.D. Right, right, McKissick. Right, right, right. He's an okay receiving back, but he's... <laughs> I would love to be able to tell you what J.D. McKissick's, you know, targets are for the season, but 15 <laughs> in one game was a lot. And, you know, Eckler got that the other day, but right. he should. He's Austin you know, Eckler. He's a little Kamara different. Or, yeah. or McCaffrey or a Speaking featured which, guy. Kamara, I don't believe, since... I saw this the stat Taysom as well. Hill thing. Yeah, since yeah. Taysom Hill's become quarterback for the for the Saints, Alvin Kamara's not gotten a target <laughs> I know. I think that's very true. That's it, coaching. That's coaching malpractice. That is. <laughs> I, I excuse this last week on that one, just because I know for a fact that they're a little worried. Of, every year they're a little worried of overworking Kamara. And if you're going to play a team without a quarterback, yeah, that, let's take a break, Alvin. We'll give it to Murray. Maybe you might want to throw it to him once, though. You would think that still. That's what he's. I mean, that's his superpower. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, um, yeah. But Hill's not going to do that. No, he'll runs. You know, and now Smith kind of doesn't. He's he can't run rivers. Yeah, he can't run, he can't and run. he wants to throw dump offs all the time. Right, and he's naturally conservative. You probably won't turn him over. So, in this game, um, you know, we've seen a lot of single high like robber coverage from the from the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. I expect to see a lot more of that. Do you need the single high? That's the question. Yeah, I wonder if you even press man and you know try to disrupt the quick you know the quick hitting routes. Uh, try to get your hands in on stuff. Or do you just play zone, tackle, see if you can get 10 yards in three plays? Best of luck. You know I, I, mean? I mean, with this defense, I think that would be my that would be yeah. what I would do. Okay, if you could drive the length of the field on us in 14 plays, yeah. dinking and dunking, have at it. Have at it. Because at some point you're going to get, well, I don't know about a holding call, but at some point <laughs> you're going to get maybe a false start or, you know, sure. illegal formation or somebody's going to, you know, something's going to happen. You're going to have a an incom- couple of incompletions, and we're going to get off the field. And I think I'd play a, quite a few eight-man boxes. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. Edmonds would be near the line of scrimmage a lot. Gibson worries me. I, I think Gibson's an emerging player, and the talent is obvious. The The running back traits are obvious. The running back skills are developing. Um, you know, he doesn't have a track record. But if he gets free a few times... They can create chunk yardage, you know, without a doubt. But if I've got eight or nine guys in the box, I'm not real concerned about him getting necessarily getting. That's free. my point. Yeah, is I want. I'm more worried about him as a runner, Absolutely. as a dump like, off guy, than I am Alex Smith beating me on 12 yard outs. You know, yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. Gonna he's not going to throw it. No. Yeah. But 
I mean, it's it's still the best their quarterback situation has been all year. Which says something about the quarterback. How bad yeah, yeah how, how things are going there. But, I mean, his last two games he's thrown for, I think, 160 and 150 yards. Is, is that true? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's how he's been all year. He threw, for, three, he threw for 390 against Detroit in that loss to the Lions. Didn't throw – He had. I think he had 50 – he was like 50 passes. Were they all the ones to McKissick? Yeah. Was that the McKissick day? Right, yeah, that was yeah. a McKissick. No touchdown passes, no interceptions. <laughs> 390, right. that's really hard to do in the NFL. You right. throw for 390 yards and don't throw for a touchdown pass. Never puts the ball in harm's way. Never. And never threatens the D either. You know, like, right. that's the, he's the epitome of that stat. He is, he is the epitome of, he's quarterback white bread. Right. I mean, he is boring as can be. Yeah, he's Melba toast. Yeah. You know, he's boring all day long. But he's the epitome of that guy that we talk about that there's no stats for when the ball should come out right. and he doesn't. Because that happens all the time, and that's why he's a, that's why he's bounced around the league a little bit. You know, Andy Reid drafted Mahomes after they made at, during his best year, and lit a fire on extreme him. opposites. Extreme opposites, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, they, uh, Alex Smith had one big year with an amazing Chiefs group, yeah, and had drafted Mahomes. You see that what year? You see what Mahomes is doing with that same group, mm-hmm. largely the same group now. Yeah, right, right. And Reid was able to coax some aggressiveness out of him. Basically saying you're going to lose your job, Mahomes. Anyway, you might as well take run some shots. Take yeah. some shots. But since then and before then, not at all. And he's not a bad player. It's just that's what he is. No, I mean if if you've got a great defense, a great running game, like some cower teams could have used. Oh, him. absolutely. Like, you know yeah, I mean? he would have right, been right. he would have been great on those teams. He would have right. taken them to a, you know a Super Bowl or two if they had an Alex Smith. Right, right. Guy who wasn't going to put the ball in harm's way. You know. But times have changed a lot, too. They have. You, you, you the, the, the caretaker bird. quarterbacks just don't get it done in today's they NFL. They don't. I mean, Stan was asking me today, you know, well, how does the Steeler defense stack up against the Chiefs? I'm like, better than most, but offenses win in the fourth quarter now. I mean, yeah. it, it, the, the game isn't a race to 20. It's a race to 30. It's a race to 35. Defenses get tired. Um, doesn't matter what offense they are. They're going to figure you out to some degree. That you you got to have a quarterback that's a playmaker, and this is a bigger conversation for you know like the the Ben replacement when that time comes. I need an athlete. I need some kind of playmaker, and if that means some turnovers here and there or some Josh Allen like wildness, so be it. That's but, why people are, the teams are willing to take a chance on the Trubisky's, the Locks. Yeah, right, the right, right, right. Give because, me the tools. Yeah, right. And so that's that's today's NFL. I will say this. I was asked today about the Chiefs team. I did my live cues today. Um, and I was asked, well, you know, the Steelers are making way too many mistakes. All We've seen mistakes all season long. I'm like, well, first of all, they're 11-0. Yeah. I don't know and said, spe- and, the, and, the, and the, the question was, especially on offense, I'm like, you realize the 19 points they scored against the Ravens was a season low. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're averaging like 30 points a game. They've only the been league, under right? 26 points twice. Wow. They had 24 against the Cowboys and, and the 19 against against uh, the Baltimore. Baltimore. Every other game they've been at 26 or above. And it's a pretty big number. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs have scored. They scored 23 in overtime against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. They had two games at 26, one against the Bills, one against uh, – Look uh, it up. I'd love to. I can't remember who the other game. But it, so tw- twice at twenty six, and mm-hmm. then twenty seven in the game against Tampa Bay. Yeah, they're not exactly. I mean, yes, they've got a talented offense, 
But it's not like what it was. It's not like last year. MVP year. No, you know when they were forty and he was throwing five touchdowns. Because I think game. I don't. I don't think they trust their offensive line. I think that's a big part of it. I think you're 100 right. They run the ball now more than they do. They shorten games yeah. more than they used to. And their offensive line, especially guard to guard, is a liability. I think they saw last year. They got a glimpse last year of what things look like when Mahomes is injured. Oh sure. And they don't want to do that. They can't ever do that again. No. And I'm sure that comes from ownership. But even the NFL Network's on now, and that Tampa KC game is on, and it's the second quarter with ten minutes left, and they're up seventeen nothing, and Tyreek already has two hundred yards right. or whatever. But if you watch the game and really pay attention in the second half, you could be you can, you can use the argument that KC didn't keep their hand their foot on the gas, or you can realize Tampa's a pretty well coordinated defense and realized. They we're change things play, up, yeah. yeah. We're not going to play man coverage on, on Tyreek alone. Yeah, we we screwed that up, and they made life tough for this offense. I mean, it's a really really good offense. It's the best offense in the league. It's the last quarterback I'd ever want to play against. But if you make them drive the field and you play a lot more zone, you you make it a little tougher on them again. Yeah, you know, I mean, they I don't mean, get to forty every week. No, they they, that, they haven't done. I mean, again, two years ago, that's what they did. That, two years ago, every they week, got to forty every week. Every week, right, right, right. You know, now it's. I think there's a little bit more of a book on him. He can still make plays and 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 hurt you and and you know, but people it, are choosing death by a thousand paper cuts as opposed to absolutely the dice on the which guy, is right. What you have to do. You have to. Which right. is you know that's the way the Steelers play things. Yeah, yeah, yeah every and, week. Right, right. And you know, he's the opposite of Alex Smith, obviously. I mean, he can hurt you in so many ways. Um, where was I going with that? But still, I mean, points – I don't know the Steelers fans realize. I mean, points per game, the Steelers are – they were third last time I checked. That was a week or so ago. Yeah. Now they're – I'm sure they're top five. I'm sure they're still in the – yeah, they're right, easily right. – they're still easily in the top ten. They're not far off Kansas City and yeah. Green Bay. And, they're scoring know, points. They're scoring points, right. Yeah. And, and they've got some games coming up and, and some other games here that they're going to score more points. Like oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. play the Browns again. They've lit the Browns on fire the last time they played. Mm-hmm. They play the Bengals again. They lit the Bengals on fire the last time they played. How many points did they leave on the field on Wednesday? How weird is that to say? A yeah, lot. and and, a and, lot and on the field we brought this up earlier in the season as well. I mean, they finished a couple of games this year. Like at the, at the game against the Giants, they're kneeling on the ball inside the twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, their their red zone numbers. Right. They were they were going into that game against the Ravens. They were converting sixty nine percent of their red zone opportunities into touchdowns. It was like fifth in the league. Yeah, there were at least two opportunities early in the season where they were kneeling on the football in the red in zone. the red zone. All of a sudden, that's a failure. Yeah, You're right, right, yeah. So I mean, they're well over seventy percent. Mm-hmm. No, they're scoring, yeah. and they put a couple points on the board on defense too. And they would have scored in that in the game against Baltimore had they just caught a couple of balls. So <laughs> yeah. it's I'm not. And Randy Figner was asked about that today. He says, "Look, I'm not, I'm not ready to jump off a bridge over that one game. Like, no, it's I mean, one game. It was pretty obvious what happened. I yeah. mean, that that drop shouldn't have happened. Will it happen again? Maybe then we'll really have a problem. Right? It's probably an isolated, but it thing, hasn't. You know? But it yeah. hasn't. Yeah. I mean, it's no reason to to think that that was not an outlier. Yeah." He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.
Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Matt, um, a quick uh, little news and notes here. T.J. Watt named the AFC Defensive Player of the Month for the month of November. Wow. That's his second Defensive Player of the Month award this year. We've only had three. We've only had three. <laughs> Miles Garrett missed a couple of games on, on the COVID list. Oh, yeah, right. I think he's back this week. He's back this week. Is Watt... Has Watt passed him in Defensive Player of the Year? I think so. He's got 11 sacks at least the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had other big plays. He's on a top defense. The team's undefeated. All those things matter in award season. Um, I don't know that he's played better football, but it's obviously close. But Garrett missing time hurts you dramatically. Yeah. Um, I still think Donald is always, always, always in the mix. But I'm struggling a little bit to say who else is – Right there with TJ. I think Garrett has dropped off. Yeah, I think he has as well. And, you know, I think with, in terms, when you start talking about Donald, he's won the award, what, three times? Mm -hmm. I I think people start to look for reasons not to vote for the guy who's won three times. Oh, I think that's true, too. Yeah. Like, you want somebody new in there. No, I think that's true. I mean, if you're you're torn, if it's a no-brainer, you take the guy that's a no-brainer. But I think if you're torn... It probably hurts the incumbent, the uh, you know the, the the top dog, a guy like Donald, or TJ's brother a couple of years ago. I mean, JJ really could have won it every year for five or six years in a row. Um, yeah, I'm trying to I'm scanning my mind a little bit. You know, there's not a Buccaneer that comes to mind as a great, great defensive player at the moment. Um, thinking it's you know some of the other top teams, Kansas City doesn't have a guy. Um, the Bills' defense is down. There's the, there's not a Raven that comes to mind, and they're struggling a little bit. Uh, I mean, I'm really racking my brain here. The, you know, Darius Leonard missed a lot of time too. I mean, he's on one of the better defenses. <laughs> Let me just say this: You're happy, Dale. My friend Greg Resch, who's an engineer, he's the man, isn't he, he? The engineer here for for Clear Channel. Uh, he has been out actually with COVID. Oh, I didn't know that. And um, ooh. And he shot a coyote today. Good for him. <laughs> uh, but he just uh, he just sent me the password here for one of the one of the other studios, and so we now have internet, baby. Yay. Yeah. All right. Greg's Up a man. Good work, Greg. Greg's a man. So we can now we can go access. We, stuff. we, we have access to stuff. So uh, yeah, I, I think if, you know if you start looking at overall, I mean, sacks are the are the like I was looking at the Pro Bowl voting. Uh, I don't know if you've looked at this. Or no, not. I haven't. The, yet. the fan voting. And so, for like defensive linemen and edge guys, uh, they list they have like their, their they have all their other stats, but they'll have a, a, a prime stat that they list, and it's oh, okay, and it's okay. sacks. Okay, yeah. And they'll have they have everybody ordered by sacks, <laughs> even though you know it's it's just one stat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for defensive backs, Probably safeties and corners, they have interceptions, and they're all ordered by intercept like. And there's so much more that they bring right. to the table. I the, see what the, you're saying. The, in, you know, the off-ball linebackers are all listed by how many tackles they have. Yeah. You know, it's like you get too caught up in the stats. And I'm just looking. I'm like, okay, who would I vote for here? And, I, you know, like, where's it really this? pushes you in the direction. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the cornerbacks, and I'm like, okay, where are some of the good cornerbacks here? And they're way down the list because no one throws at Jalen Ramsey got one interception <laughs> issue. Nobody throws at right, him. Right, right. He takes away DK Metcalf for the day. But you're not going to – you're going to vote for somebody – you're going to vote for J.C. Jackson. who goes, well, he's got six interceptions. <laughs> but if you've watched New England play, J.C. Jackson hasn't been any good this year. No, we were picking on him. Right. Going his way, <laughs> right. That's why he's got all the interceptions. Sure. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, so I guess there's been six – 
player of the month awards for defense. Right. Three NFC, three AFC. Yes. TJ's got two. I don't know who the others are. But so he's I'm gotten getting, a third of the. He's got a third of them yeah. so far. I don't know. I'm sure no one else has two. I'm sure Donald Donald has won at least one. Yeah, maybe Garrett's in yeah. between there. Garrett won the one in. Yeah, he won. Well, he, he won AFC October. One. Yeah. I'm just trying to think who. That's a pretty strong case for the big award. Yeah. You know, if you can say, hey, I got more of these than anybody else. Especially if you finish it. If, if you, you're getting recognized. Here's the thing about the Steelers' defense. And I bring this up again. I asked Minka Fitzpatrick about it after the game in Jacksonville when he had the, the interception off the tip ball mm-hmm. down by the goal line. I said, you know, just, and I asked him, do things slow down for you when the ball's tipped in the air like that? And he goes, oh, no, they speed up because you got to get there because somebody else will beat you to it. Okay. That's kind of the Steelers' defense in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, if you don't get there quickly, like, how many times have you seen Cam Hayward be the second guy? Oh, sure. To the to the you know, and Cam should have about twelve sacks this year, but somebody beat him too. Somebody beat him to it because the other guys are really good too. Yeah, there is some of that, and I've even heard Super Steelers say stuff like that. Like, man, I'd have beat on this guy, and Joe Green beat me to him. Like, yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. And I guess that's common with all kinds of great defenses littered with Pro Bowlers and Hall of Famers. But I even remember a play. I don't remember the exact way it went yesterday, Wednesday. Where basically, and it's happened many times this year, Watt and Dupree basically met at the quarterback, and they had this fun little handshake thing going, you know, right. after the good play. It makes me think, oh, I miss Bud. But, um, you know, how many times has those type of things happened where two or three get there at once where it only takes one? Right. <laughs> yeah, one guy's get, like, right. the, 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 like the sack. Gets there alone. The yeah. first sack, I think it was the first sack, uh, against the Ravens on Wednesday. Watt comes in, trips up RG3, who kind of stumbles forward, mm-hmm. and then Hayward and Dupree hit him. And there was a lot of – well, Hayward, Hayward was laying on top of him. Dupree came in from the front side and, and finished putting okay. him on the ground. So the best play was made by Watt. Right. You know what I mean? And initially the sack was, was given to Dupree, and then Dupree and Hayward shared the sack. Mm-hmm. Then I hear the, the chattering behind me because I sit right in front of the stat guys – and they decided to give the just do. Uh, they said, "Well, Dupree wasn't going to get the sack. He would have gotten the sack had he gone another step forward." But Hayward's on his legs. We're going to give Hayward the sack alone. Then the NFL called and said, "No, you're going to give that. That Watt should have that sack <laughs> because the, he was going, down. going down. He was he going was. down, and Hayward fell on top of him." I see what you're saying. So there were three guys there who could could have gotten They're the all sack. Kind of battling for the sack, <laughs> yeah. and only one ended. Only up one gets right. it. Brings up another topic that just rubs me wrong, like. There really shouldn't be half sacks. There should not be. They, right. You don't give half tackles. You don't give half tackles. <laughs> and it, it, let's say they originally gave it to Cam and Bud as a half each. Well, just because the other one's there doesn't mean that Bud wouldn't have done it on his own. Or right. Would, you know what I mean? Like, why did my teammates... You don't share interceptions. It? You don't share... You know. No, right, right, right. What if it's I mean, three guys? What if it's three guys? They all get they a all half? Get a sack. Right, <laughs> right. It's not like we needed all three to get We've seen, You've seen situations over the years where three guys met at the quarterback. Right. They should all get a third? Who gets there first? You know? right. Yeah. So that's that's part of the problem sacks. with this Steelers defense is like there mm-hmm. are... there. So now there's one less guy in the equation Yes. with Bud Dupree. I wonder if we see the sack numbers now go up for Hayward. We saw him get to the quarterback mm-hmm. once Maybe. the other day. Yeah, yeah. Um, he would have had a sack and a half in that game. Actually, they took the half off of him. Yeah. Um, he's not. Got, I mean, I think now he right now he has four sacks on the season. Some people would look at well, he's not having a really good year. Well, you're not watching. You're not watching what's going on. Sure. 
Uh, you don't just measure it. It's the same thing that people would, used to say about Tua. Well, Tua's not playing very well. He only has three sacks. Yeah, X amount of sacks. Like watch, what, watch the game. Watch the game, especially at that position, yeah. too. I mean, interior players and a lot of the stunts and things they do are Tua or Hayward or Alu-Alu taking two blocks. Yeah, he's grabbing these two guys right. with him, and it's allowing the, the, the linebacker to loop. Behind or, you know, right. Yeah. I mean, those kind of things are invaluable. And if they weren't fearing you or getting driven back on their heels, it wouldn't have worked. You know I mean? So, uh, sacks, to your point with the Pro Bowl, having one big stat like that is really foolish, and I'm sure it skews viewer or voters like crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to look at, you know, tackles for losses. Uh, quarterback hits, those mm-hmm. kind of things. Are you getting a lot of those? Things? Like we've seen, uh, for example, uh, B- Vic Beasley. Yes, for Atlanta. What was it? 2015. Quite a while ago. Yeah. Led the league in sacks. He was like at 14 and a half. But he had like he had like 16 pressures for the exactly. season. So every time he got a pressure, he got the sack. Yes, I mean, it wasn't a. You we know. rip on pro, pro football focus a fair amount, but I think they're 100 percent right. That's one thing this. that they do right. Pressures, they they will always be like. Randy Graham's been one of their guys, super high pressure guy, but not a. I mean, a good sack guy, not a great sack. guy. Right, like he influences the. That game was the number. That was the, that was the thing on Tua. Tua would get a lot of pressures, lot of but wasn't getting the sack. Because again, somebody else is beating him to the guy. Right, or you're forcing the quarterback to throw it in seats, or, or you know, yeah, you know, or you yeah. force him to go the, the other way, and somebody else right. gets him. Right, yeah. I mean, high pressure numbers, and, and to pro football focuses credit too. They've been around long enough that they'll be like, he's had three big years of high high pressures, but not a lot of sacks. The we're sacks are coming. We're predicting yeah. the, a big sack year, yeah. and they're usually right. That's why it you was easy. I mean? I mean, it's e- been easy to predict that Tuit's going to – the breakout year was coming for Tuit. Right. All along. Because he was impacting the game. He was impacting games. Right, the right, the right. sacks were going to come, mm-hmm. and they have this year. If you look at the sack numbers across the league right now, Watt leads with 11. It's Donald, uh, Donald with 10. Trey Hendrickson has nine and a half. Yeah, that defense coming general on. is really They're coming, coming on, strong, yeah. Right. Uh, Garrett's at nine He's and a half. Same, by the way, for people who don't know. Uh, Zadarius Smith is at nine. Garrett was the other one in there. Uh, Garrett, was he's tied for third. Uh, six is Jason Pierre-Paul's having a good season. Yeah, he's got yeah. eight and a half. Uh, Bud Dupree in, is tied with Emmanuel Ogba uh, at seventh with eight. Hmm. Um, I mean, with all respect to TJ, no one's having that Shaq Barrett – Way more no. sacks than games. I mean, season, what's but. what's on pace right now for sixteen sacks? Yeah, which would also be a team record. Okay, would tie the team record. I'd say that doesn't always lead the league. And I'm sitting here thinking all the holdings. Yeah, yeah. like sack like, numbers, I'm sure are down. Overall, they are down. I mean, they when you be. when you look at yeah. it across the league, they're down except for Pittsburgh and Washington. <laughs> for Pittsburgh and Washington, right? Yeah. Um, any of the Washington guys anywhere close? Uh, that's what I'm looking here, and I don't see. I know Young missed some time. Their their top guy is Montez Sweat with six. Okay. Yeah, it's not bad. You yeah, know, I mean, he's, year guy, he's right. on pace to, you know, finish with eight or nine. Mm-hmm. That's a good year. People don't talk about him a lot, but, I mean, Washington traded back in the first round last year, so this is really his, this is his second season. Really long, lean-waisted, you know, uh, combine guy, yeah. fast. Chooks is going to have his handful with him. Gonna, yeah, and he gets singled a lot because of who's around him. He's kind of their Bud Dupree, a much different style of player, but um, he's got a bright future, too. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan actually comes off the bench for them. With mm-hmm. he's got five and a half. They, 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 they spread it around a little bit, but it, really they're a four rush, four no, man so, rush yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers attack that. Uh, very much like the Giants. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I would think both teams blitz infrequently, just because you don't get home against. I mean, the ball comes out so fast. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather 
leave that guy in coverage. And the Steelers, the, the Steelers aren't blitzing as much as they've. I think people think more to, of it. Yeah. Right. Everyone just assumes a lot of pressures mean a lot of blitz, and I guess Steeler history sort of shows that. You know, that's just the, yeah. the mindset of Keith Butler hurt, said that and, today. He you know. goes, "Hey, we're we're not the the heavy blitzing team that we were in the past. We still blitz, mm-hmm. but we don't blitz as much because they don't have to." Was it? I mean, certainly the first what month of the year. They were like fifty percent. They're sixty. <laughs> After the first two yeah, games, yeah. they were sixty percent. So I bet their numbers. But you look at who they high. played. Right, right. Yeah, and they were a lot of run blitzes and stuff yeah. like that too for Saquon and um, you know young quarterbacks. But I bet if you look at you know what's your blitz percentage per game, uh, I'm sure now they're probably twentieth in the league, fifteenth in the league. You know, recently, you know, as opposed to the, the cumulative stats for the year, and probably are still pretty high because they. Insane to start to see. Yeah, they're still yeah. they're still above forty percent, but mm-hmm. when you consider they were af- above sixty percent, right now after the first two average. games, yeah, right, it's actually like sixty three point seven percent. I mean, is if, it really? If memory served, that's okay. what they were after the two first two games, and now they're we're hovering right around forty percent. So, okay. so it's going down, and the pressure rate is not going down. Yeah, and they've also you know if you remember those first two games, we're exposing the secondary a little bit too much mm-hmm. too because they were they were blitzing so much. Now they're playing a little more coverage. And the, the passing numbers have slowly creeped down to the, yeah. f- to the point where now they lead the league in pass defense. And I would also think the Bush injury affects it too because right. what I thought he did the best this year was covering backs. Yeah. And I think they've missed that. But if you don't blitz as much, you don't miss put it. Put two guys near the back. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a way of covering up for that. Yeah. It all, you know, it all correlates. I agree. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little more uh, Steelers and uh, Washington football team right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson, and ah, oh, such a relief to have internet access. Yeah, Again, baby, Greg yeah, Resch right. is the man. That's great work. Greg by Resch Greg. is the man. Good uh, stuff. Yeah, Greg, uh, of course, an engineer here for uh, for uh, DVE. Does the does the game broadcast as well? Uh, yeah, so an he's a guy, swell guy. Guy that keeps everything on the air on game days. Um, so, uh, looking at this uh, Washington football team. We looked at their at their roster yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen an injury report yet for them, but they haven't played in a long time. In a long time, right? They were on. They played early Thursday. They played one of the early yeah, games that Thursday. Was the second game, I think. Yeah, because yeah, Houston played the first one. Right? They beat Dallas bad. Right? Is there a uh, is there a chance? Uh, I don't know what Ron Rivera did with them. Did he give them the weekend off? Probably handle it like the Steelers were going to, right? You know what I mean. Give them a, you know, three or four days away. Do you, do you worry about any kind of rust factor with that? I think it's a factor. You know, I. I mean, we saw the Ravens and Steelers looked rusty early in that I game. Know. Like for much of my 
media career, I've avoided words like rust and flat, you know, things yeah. like that that I think are kind of a shortcut to thinking. You can always be like, oh, maybe they got out schemed or this guy's hurt. I mean, there's usually more to it than right. I'm flat. But this past Steeler game was so bizarre that I think that the, the scheduling certainly impacted the way the game was played, and the Steelers didn't look like the Steelers. I don't think that's going to keep up. But I do think they they seem to keep bringing up three games in 12 days. It's on their mind, and, and they're definitely going to have a weird prep week. I think Washington. they're ticked off about that. Yeah. The, the three games in 12 days thing doesn't really bother me as much because mm-hmm. other teams do it. It's not unheard of. No. And it's actually not as stressful as it sounds when you say it just like that because you had a nice break before and, you know. Yeah. Um, but the I only thing think... they didn't get was the break before because they were practicing and then yeah. not practicing, practicing, then not practicing. Been nice. I get that part of it. I would be unhappy yeah. about that too. But you got to think this whole time while we've done all this nonsense about when's the Steelers going to play, at least the Washington coaching staff has been watching Steeler tape. Right. You know, I mean, they've been... And boy, if they watch this last, game, this last game's tape, they're like, right. ooh, hey, we got a chance. <laughs> we got a chance. Yeah, I mean, so it worries me from a Steeler perspective that Washington's way more rested, prepa- I don't want to say prepared because that's selling the Steelers coaching staff short, but all the, all the Washington's team, team has been doing since Thanksgiving is focusing on the Steelers. Well, the Steelers have been doing a lot of other crap. Well, it looks like they were they practiced. Uh, well, they had to do an injury report uh, for Thursday, Friday. Uh, I do have that. Um, so Ryan Anderson is a defensive end. He was limited mm-hmm. on Thursday. He was a full participant today. I kind of liked him coming out of school, but he's buried now because they have so yeah. many guys, right? Yeah, he's the Alabama guy. Alabama yeah. dude, yeah. Uh, Morgan Moses, who's uh, their, their right tackle. tackle yeah. uh, he was limited with a groin injury on Thursday. He was a full participant today. Okay. Well, he's got TJ. But. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun, Deshazer Everett, who's uh, the starting uh, safety, I believe, uh-huh. right? Uh, he's got an ankle. He was a full participant both days. Right. Uh, Cornelius Lucas, who's another one of their tackles, he's a backup guy, full participant the last two days. Terry McLaurin with an ankle must have tweaked that yesterday in practice. I, I got a blurb this morning that yeah. something happened with him. Because he's not listed on the injury report for yesterday, but he is listed for today. I mean, if I were them, besides my starting quarterback, he might be the last guy I want to get hurt. I agree. I mean, Moses would be high because you're playing Watt, but I mean, we we mentioned the well, percentage. Moses has a, Moses has this consecutive game streak of uh, ninety that he, he's mm. going to play. He's going to play. Yeah, yeah. He's a tough guy. <laughs> he's that guy. But McLaurin, without McLaurin, their passing game is nil. It, they it have none in the first yeah. segment, right? He's a really, really good player and deserves all the targets he gets. But they need to find a compliment to him in the off season. That they do, uh, and if you look at his games this year. Uh, he has had at least. I say it's pretty consistent. At least sixty-one receiving yards in every game except against the Rams. Wow, that's when I'm he, sure you got a lot of Jalen Ramsey. You got Jalen Ramsey. Right. Nick. So he had seven targets in that game, uh, three catches for twenty-six yards. Hmm. Okay, uh, I think it, Ramsey's the best corner in the league. By yeah, the way. I, I he's mean, really starting to separate himself. But you look at the rest of these games: seven targets, ten targets, eight targets, fourteen targets, hmm. seven targets, twelve targets, eleven targets, eight, nine, seven, nine. And he's always between 70 and 120 yards, give or take. Um, These past two weeks, they've only thrown the ball 25 and 26 times, and he's gotten gotten 16 targets. So he's at 32% of the targets the last couple of weeks here. Yeah, that's a big number. Um, He's deserving. I mean, I don't think we're ripping on him. or It's just the state of the the, the football team right now is – it's him and not much else. I mean, if they don't go quarterback in the first round, it might be Jamar Chase or the best receiver they could find or a tight end that's a difference maker. 
and yeah, and he's still he's one of these Allen Robinson types that succeeds even though everyone in the world knows that's where the ball's going and it's not optimal situations. Yeah, I agree. And so you know, he's averaging 14 yards per touch this season. That mm. leads the NFL. Is it number one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, he's not a nickel and dimer. I mean, he ran a sub four four, I think, at the combine, and has return skills. Yeah. And last year, averaged 15.8 yards per catch. I mean, they. Uh, and a lot of it's catch and run for him. It is. It is. He's a physical guy. Um, <laughs> some of our listeners make fun of me because of my Claypool special teams love. Well, one of the big things with McLaurin coming out of Ohio State. He's a great, State, great special teams great player. Great special teamer, yeah. right. Gunner runs you know, Ohio State and – um, so he brings that physical mentality. Yeah, he's not. It. He's a six foot tall receiver, but he's two hundred and ten pounds. He's strong. And yeah, yeah. He's a handful to bring down, and yeah, they get a tackle. So uh, to me, I, I think you. I, I think I like that. You know, if they're if the Steelers are in that robber mm-hmm. defense with Minka in the middle of the field, you know, ten yards off the line of scrimmage, and I'm gonna hey Minka just shade the McLaurin side, whichever side all he's time, on all the time. Yeah, they take away that slant. Yeah, I don't know. That you need to even hide it much. And I'm not sure no. defenses really do. Force yeah. them to go somewhere else with the football. Yeah, I think Washington and Smith and McLaurin all know, hey, coverages are always going to be rolled your way, but you're still far and away our best guy, and clearly he's still producing, what, every game but one. It's, it's a real testament to what he's got going for him. It, right it absolutely is. But, you know, again, to, to my point from earlier in the show, uh, if you look at their receptions, uh, he's got 69. McKissick's got, got 46. For about, but it's for 338 say, yards, yeah, less than 10 yards. A carry. Uh, Logan Thomas, their tight end, has 34 catches, but for 328 yards. He's shown some spurts, but yeah, he's nothing to write home about. Uh, Gibson has 39 catches or 32 catches, but for 233 yards. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them in the last two or three weeks. Too. Yeah. Uh, then you know, then it's Isaiah you Wright, wide receiver yet. Isaiah Wright has 23 <laughs> catches for 168 yards. I might pause who that is. Um, I assume he's a little slot receiver. Dontrell Inman, who I know is a little slot receiver, eighteen mm-hmm. for one sixty-three. Um, yeah, they're, then they're you get hard. the you know Stephen Sims, sixteen for one seventy-four. Cam Sims is the deep guy. He's got thirteen mm-hmm. big body dude. for two forty-five. It's an eighteen point eight average. I think they all came in like one game, like two weeks ago. He right, over hundred yards. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, it, it's they average ten point three yards a catch. Wow. Which is not good. It's not good, no. no. I mean, it's not a lot of big And, that's with, and McCl- that's with McLaurin. That's with McLaurin averaging 14 yards a catch. Who's best in the league, like you mentioned. Yeah. Take that away from the from these other guys, and they got, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. Just tackle the catch. We should do that between the break and just take his receiving yards off their total and his catches and just see what the all the other Washington guys are. Yards per catch. Yeah, you know I mean, because yeah. if he's at 14 and leading the league and they're low at 10 as a team, they must be like at seven, you know, <laughs> like everybody else. And to your point, I mean, those two running backs, McKissick and uh, Gibson, are good receivers. They're receiving backs. Well, especially McKissick's only a receiving back. He's their Chris Thompson type. Okay, here back. it is. I got yeah, it for you. Good work. They average 8.5 yards a catch. That aren't named McLaurin. Anybody who's not named McLaurin averages 8.5 that's yards really a catch. That's low. That's super low. Right. I mean, that's, that's like, with, I've never seen one that low. Right, right. I mean, that's receivers and running backs and tight ends combined, but everybody besides McLaurin, wow. Yeah, I mean that's that. There are like four receivers in there too. Like this is and, and a guy who's averaging eighteen point eight yards a catch. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Take and him out of the equation. He what are run they? And get downfield. Right, right. Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, that's something they need to address for sure this offseason. They've also got eleven touchdown passes. 
Right. So if you bog down their running game, again, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm playing a lot of short zones. Oh, yeah. And if they try – I don't think Alex Smith will try to, to push the ball down the field. I don't think he'll be an intermediate thrower. I mean, the, the digs and the deep crossers and things like that, I mean, the comebacks, that's not his bag. Yeah. The arm strength throws, I mean – I'm sure they'll take shots. You know, like everybody takes shots. I'm sure they'll play action, max protect, throw a bomb to McLaurin or or Sims, and if you hit it, great. But he's not gonna he's not gonna beat you up in that twelve to twenty. Yeah, Smith still range. has to throw it. Right, like, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. He may just well uh, uh, check that out. Go. Yeah, dump it to McKissick again because they're complete. I mean, their quarterbacks this year are completing sixty nine point three percent of their passes, which okay. is what you would expect because everything's a dump off. And I'm sure Haskins didn't help. He's a sixty-one percent. Was he? Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, they're sixty-six point one. I don't know what that catch. That much been their catch rate is sixty-nine point three percent. I don't know how it could be. The catch rate could be higher than the yeah, unless there's some that. throwaways in there. Yeah, maybe they don't count. Um, yeah, maybe they don't count. Or, but they're completing sixty-six point one percent of their passes. Okay. Uh, which you should be when you're, you know, when it's that low. Yeah. I mean, you're. Uh, I, I did a fun little exercise in the off season. I just took average depth of target times. Completion percentage. And I think it's just an idea of, you know, like Jameis Winston was really good in that metric because he tried a lot of hard throws. He threw a lot of picks. Right, yeah. But he threw a lot of – I mean, like the Saints guys are really low in that one. Like Breeze has a great completion percentage, and even Bridgewater is a Saint. But if you multiply the two, it's like, that's eh, not that impressive. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, I mean air, air, Alex Smith's air yards per attempt is 5.8 yards. Wow. It's really low. Really low. And it comes out quick, and he doesn't take the chances. And Right. Yeah, that's – and he's still thrown five interceptions. Has he really? Yeah. I didn't realize it was that many. How many games has he played so far? Four? He's played. He's appeared in five. He started three. Okay. I remember the one he came off the bench and kept the job. Yeah. And the other one, I don't think he played much. And he had 360 or 390 yards in one game against the Lions, and he's got... Uh, no interceptions. He's got, yeah. He's got a, uh, 1,067 yards in his five games. Okay. So a third of that came in more than a third of that. Forty percent of it came in one game, and he, you know, he's just what's his over under passing yards on Monday? Well, he, he's averaging two hundred thirteen yards passing per game this year. I'm going under that. Yeah, I think it's You're under. going under two hundred. Yes, I am too. Against this defense, I mean, he's had yeah. under two hundred the last two weeks. I mean, if, if the garbage time thing would has would give me some hesitation. Just because the Steelers might be winning big. He's also he, been sacked 15 times. I know, and it comes out quick, right? And it still takes a lot of sacks, <laughs> yeah. right? He doesn't get out of the way as well. No, he can't move anymore. No, he can't. Anyways, let's uh, take a break. Okay. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You are listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. When we come back, it'll be time for the Fantasy Football Focus. We'll get to that right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson, and it's time for the Fantasy Football Focus. We'll cool. go through all the games. It seems weird to be doing this two days after the Steelers played. And there's 
two Monday nighters, two Sunday nighters. There's still two teams on by. There's a Tuesday game. It's a Tuesday game. That's yeah. what I mean. There's a, a two Monday nighters and a Tuesday nighter yeah. that we probably shouldn't. And the Sunday about night game. Week. And there's Sunday night game. And there was no Thursday game. And no Thursday. Other game, right? other than that, this week's just a normal perfect. Week, yeah, right. just a normal. So we have nothing to recap. But let's go to the <laughs> Sunday stuff. So, first game on the schedule here is Saints at Falcons. The over-under is 45, which these days is a really low over-under. Right. You, you think about these teams and you think it's going to be 30 to 40. Both these defenses are pretty darn good. Taysom and, Hill had 78 yards passing against Denver last week, and he got sacked three times. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta's D is not bad, and the Saints' D is really good. I don't think Julio's playing. Ridley's banged up, but probably will go. You know, we were talking about Kamara. Of course, you started. I kind of like the Falcons in this game. I think they got a shot. I wish Julio was playing, but I think yeah. they got a shot. We'll see. Maybe he gets back out there. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I I just have a feeling about this. When the Falcons are playing, that's a big rivalry game. It is. These two teams hate each other. People don't think about it up here in yeah. the north, but that's one of the bigger rivalry games in the league. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Falcons won that football game. No, they're playing quite well. And, and that over I under forty five. I don't know. I who think Hill pl- gets exposed in this game. Who are you playing in that game? Like you're gonna. Uh, the last time out, Ryan was awful against them. Right. He, really they bad. couldn't. They couldn't block him. And if Gurley doesn't score, he's useless. And he's questionable. And he's questionable. Yeah. Ridley could be a heavy targeted dude, and obviously you always put him in your lineup. Yeah. And I assume Thomas is Thomas a wide receiver too. Can't yeah. Can't have can't be one with that. You know, he's no. going to get eight targets maybe. The um, sneaky guy on that team lately has been Murray. Yeah, I don't know that I keep that keeps up though. Yeah, that, that's a bit hard to trust you know, this week. What about Hayden Hurst? He's probably a top twelve tight end. I would think unfortunately. so. Yeah. I'm not excited about it. Yeah, but, same, you know. I, I don't know that I can start. I'd start him over Cook. Cook doesn't hardly do anything anymore. I mean, right. we talked about how Kamara doesn't get the ball thrown to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, Cook's unusable lately. I, I I would fade a lot of guys in that game. I would I would start both defenses. Yeah, yeah, you, know, you, you usually don't think that against those teams. On the other side of the coin, on the other side of the spectrum, is Browns at Titans. See, I think this is an over. This is an over. The over-under is 53-and-a-half. Which shocks people, but I still think it goes over. Yeah. These defenses aren't very good. I want Henry in the lineup. Oh, yeah. I want both Browns running backs in the lineup. Yes. Um, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. I know, I, Tannehill isn't bad. Yeah. I almost stack, I almost put him as my DFS stack this week. with Tannehill? Brown. Yeah. Mm. Uh, then I moved away from it. I went with Aaron Rodgers instead. I got you. Uh, uh, I'm not sure I'm excited about Baker, but I think Baker won't be under a lot of pressure. No, they don't I mean, rush the passer at all. These defenses are very vulnerable. I think there'll be a lot of big plays, like Chubb and Henry bust off seven. And the Browns, yards. when they've played a good team, have just hemorrhaged points. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Here's a sneaky start for you out of this game. Doesn't look like John e. Smith's going to play. No, start Ferkser. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Especially in today's tight end world, Ferkser's Ferkser could get yeah. six or seven catches in that game. The Browns, the Browns, yeah, the right. Browns linebackers can't cover anybody. I think Ward might be out too. Yeah, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of points in that game. There's gonna be a lot of points. Yeah, uh, Colts at Texans. The over under is fifty. See, I I love the way Watson's playing, but I think that losing Fuller hurts them. Tr- this might tremendously. be a, this game might go under. It might go under. I would think the Colts keep everything in front of them. They probably won't run well. You, Cooks will get a lot of targets. Ready yeah, he's going to have his hands full, and they won't. Mm-hmm. They don't follow, so he no, won't get right, Xavier right, right. Rhodes the whole time. So you get you get some Rocky Sin in there, and he's been, yeah. you know, not great. Um, I mean, you start Watts and you start Cooks, but that's probably it on that side of the ball. David Johnson could come back this week. I'm not interested. I think he's supposed to. Yeah, I'm not interested in starting him, but he, certainly he hurts Duke bad. Hurts. Yeah, Duke you can't start Duke. Usable. 
Uh, Jonathan Taylor, if he's going to break for open, if he's going to break out. This is the game. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, what about Pittman? Yes. No Roby for them. Yeah, yeah. their secondary's terrible. Now that I'm they're talking myself tough. into an over here on this with, with the Colts, but they're going to want to run. They'll just run the ball if they can. I would think even Hines will probably catch six balls. Yeah. You know. uh, Anthony Costanzo out uh, who missed this game uh, with, oh, did, yeah. uh, with the knee injury. Yeah, but they don't rush the passer that well. Yeah. And <laughs> anyone think about Rivers? I can understand it, but they've really used Brissett as their goal line back, which takes and away some of that. To yeah. really be a thing. That, that's the other thing about Taylor. Like, are they going to do that and you know Instead of take a t- touchdown off? Or the, did they do it because he was out? Or you know, what I mean? right? That's yeah. what you don't know. Tough, tough call. Some of these rookie running backs are still hard. To oh, it's just right? yeah. Uh, Jaguars and Vikings, the over-under is 50-and-a-half. I think the Vikings go bonkers. Like, I would lean towards Cousins, you know, the two receivers. I don't mind starting on. the Jaguars in this game either, either because Minnesota's defense has not been great. You can make fun of Glennon, but he's an NFL quarterback. Yeah. You know, uh, if, I think Chark's They'll get to 20, play. so somebody's going to score. Probably. I mean, you always start Robinson. I think Chark has a good week. I think there's more points in this one than people realize. Yeah, I think that one's going to be an up-and-down game, up-and-down-the-field yeah. game. Uh, start them all. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bengals at Dolphins. The over-under is 42-and-a-half. I don't think the Bengals score. 10. I don't know how they score. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how they score. Unless they get another kick return. That's the only reason. That's the only they're... reason that game last week was even close against the Giants. Oh, yeah. They averaged like three yards a play. Yeah. Really, They're really awful, bad. and the Dolphins have a good defense. They have a really good defense. Uh, Parker, I'm playing. Fitz, I'm playing. Their running back situation is just very unclear. But they always feature one guy. The, the two it was Ackman is is doubtful. Um, so did Gaskin return? I think Gaskin's got to come back because the other two guys are doubtful. Breida just went on. Uh, they don't like him anyway, but he just went on COVID today. Yeah, Washington is is doubtful as well. So I I think I, I think, think this is a they got to bring game. Gaskin back and play yeah. him. The problem that with, could be a nice start. The problem with him is he doesn't score touchdowns. Well, he doesn't know. But it's a bad defense. It's I don't a, think there's a lot of points, period. I think Baltimore or Miami wins that game. Like I love Gesicki in this game. Yeah, that's a good one. That's they give one, up yeah. the most uh, passing yards to tight ends in mm-hmm. the league. It's like 62 yards a game. Like I'd start him over Hayden Hurst that we talked about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a good I think one. He's, yeah. I think he might be a top five start this week at the tight end position. Yeah, I mean, because they, they're looking for other They're going to have to throw the football. If Gaskins is the running back, they don't have a, they don't have a goal line back. No. So you throw it, throw it up to the big guy. There's still a chance to a start, which would make no sense. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's a smoke screen. Yeah, I think it is too. Uh, Lions and Bears. The over-under is 44-and-a-half. No Galladay. No Galladay. Uh, Allen Robinson got hurt today and left practice. Ooh. That was the only guy in the Bears I was excited about. Well, Montgomery. I want Montgomery in this game, yeah. I think he's going to have a nice game. I'm kind of more and more of a believer in when you fire a head coach that everybody hates, like Bill O'Brien or Patricia. You usually get a good game or two from the team, and they're a little more rejuvenated. Like I think Detroit could win this game, but I sure wish it was Galladay. I mean, I'm I'm starting Hawkinson. I wish I knew if Swift was playing. Swift is not playing. He didn't He's practice. He didn't practice today. Okay, so you might not have Swift. You definitely don't have Swift or Galladay. Maybe not Robinson. Starting carry on Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, he's been borderline RB two. Yeah, I mean they dump it to him, and the problem he's is, not is win you the week. He, but. he doesn't score the touchdowns because no. they they trot out the old man. And right, <laughs> and the Bears are a good defense. Yeah, they'll be on the field a lot. Um, Raiders and Jets. The over under is forty seven. Raiders got embarrassed last week. I bet they don't. This I week. bet they don't get embarrassed this week. Right. In fact, no I think, Jacobs. No Jacobs. Yeah, this yeah. is one we talked about earlier in the week. So uh, Booker's free, definitely or Booker. A yeah, Booker's the guy. Um, 
get him in your lineup. Now, yeah. I, in fact, I already have him in my DFS lineup. I think he was like fifty five hundred. Wow, that's a good which price. Is, for which him, is a nice yeah. price for a starting running back against the Jets. He's going to get twenty five touches. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure he will. Um, Waller, you always do, but he's a little worrisome. Yeah, it hasn't been great. They could shut it down. They could mm-hmm. shut the passing. They get up early and yeah. Just, Carr's okay. Uh, Aguilar's okay. Yeah. If he's played, he was on the injury report too. Aguilar is? Yeah, is so it? be careful with that one. But uh, uh, He's sneakily starting a jet. Crowder's not startable anymore. He was the one you no, could. No, he was the guy. Uh, they, the other, the other, I think the other two receivers are better. Mims and Perryman, I think, are yeah. better players than Crowder. But I don't know if I – I mean, it, maybe in this game against that, that Raiders secondary bad. I, I heard a stat on the way here on a podcast. Frank Gore last week – had 20 touches on early downs, on first and second downs last week. Like, talk about coaching malpractice. You're trying to build something there. In the, yeah. I mean, he gets the ball is my point. Yeah. It's a, it's a smelly start. but right. It's – he's like he's like eating two pounds of popcorn. It's just empty calories. <laughs> empty nothing. Yeah. yeah. You get nothing out of it. Um, do you start the Raiders' defense? No. I know it's a great start. It's a great start. They don't get a lot of sacks, so they don't. it's Max Crosby and nobody else. No, I, I think the defense is bad. But i, I got to say, I was looking in one of my leagues with the stream defenses. There's not many great options, so maybe that's as good as you can do. Yeah. You know, a lot the, the obvious ones are picked up, and if you're streaming them, it's probably not so bad. Uh, Rams at Cardinals over under is 48. Kyler's not right right now with that shoulder, but yeah. it doesn't mean he won't be this week. I mean, he's going to get healthy. It's a down week, I think, for Hopkins, but of course you start him. But Drake's been the benefactor. Yeah, I mean, he's getting all the goal line touches. He's And they yeah. throw to him now because Kyler's not they running. They don't want him running, yeah. Right, right. So I think Drake's a starter. I think Edmonds is even a flex, too. Yeah, I saw something today where uh, Kingsbury said, or uh, the, the Rams said that they won't have um, Ramsey travel. Yeah, okay. But I so he won't, he won't move Hopkins with a lot. He won't move with Hopkins. Okay. Um, which kind of makes some sense because they do throw the ball. You know, the Kirk will catch some deep balls mm-hmm. and th- things of that yeah, nature. Yeah. So uh, I don't have a problem with that. I still bet think he ends up on Hopkins a lot. Probably ends yeah, up. Right. Although if the if, if the Rams are, or the Cardinals are smart, if Kingsbury knows what he's doing, yeah, you scheme like, okay, you're going to leave him over there? Well, we're going to have Hopkins line up over here all the time. No, I would avoid him as much as possible. You right, know, that's right. your best guy. Rams, I think I'm starting. The tight ends aren't usable anymore. No. They've canceled each other out. I don't know that I can start a running back either. I can't. Yeah, you know, not, I'm not ready to jump off that. Not even as a flex. No, I don't like any of it because they all steal from each other. They yeah. all steal from each other. Woods and Cup are good starts. Yeah, that's a that's Patrick a, Peterson's not scary anymore. No, he's not at all. Not at all. Uh, Giants <laughs> at Seahawks. The over under is forty seven and a half. No Daniel Jones. Ingram's maybe my only Giant. I'm starting. Coleman's probably a starter. Would you still. would you stream the Giants' defense against the Seahawks, no. knowing that they don't pass block well, and Wilson no. will take some sacks? That's a good D. Yeah, I, just think, I think they'll get to thirty. You know, I, mean, I think they'll get the ball all game. Uh, no, in Seattle, not that that's a big deal anymore, but no. Um, I play the Raiders D over the Giants D, even though the Giants. This could end up being a locket game of, of as opposed to yeah. Metcalf. Because Bradbury, will be, Bradbury will be on Metcalf, yep, and it could be so. just be Lockett. Um, What's interesting though is both Carson and Hyde played last week, and Hyde was the guy. I wonder if that was just because Carson was still coming back from the injury. I tend to think so. Yeah, but 
makes you a little less confident. But I'm starting Carson. Yeah. It's a good just, run defense, too, though. Yeah, just to start him as like an RB2. Don't expect mm-hmm. him to have the RB1 production that he was having earlier in He's the year. He's better than Hyde. I think we all yeah. know that, right? Yeah. Um, is, do you start Seattle's defense against Colt McCoy? Yeah. Is that a streamer? They yeah. don't sack the quarterback particularly well. But. No, they don't. But they've been playing a lot better on D. I mean, yeah. it's now respectable D. And maybe Adams gets a sack or Cole McCoy can't throw either. Yeah, he stinks. Yeah, he's no good. Um, Eagles at Packers. The over-under is 47 and a half. The Packers are easy. I mean, it's three guys. Yeah. And you start them all. Are you starting Jamal Williams or Lazard or – I might, I might. Uh, Tanyan's not a bad streaming option because mm-hmm. the Eagles, uh, linebackers, their linebackers stink. Right. They're one of the worst uh, pass defenses against Green, tight ends in the league. Green Bay's always going to have the ball. Yeah, I would. And you, you have to figure that Slay will travel with, with Adams. Not that that's. Yeah. I mean, they've done he that. Still a, Adams, they've done course, that a lot. Right, right, I mean, right. he used to oh, be in Detroit. Will. Yeah, he will. Uh, so he's not going to surprise him. But Adams is still Adams. Oh, he's still, yeah. DK ate him up. Yeah. Um, what about Eagles? Yeah. Miles Sanders really frustrates me. Miles Sanders, I, I I almost went with Miles Sanders this week because of the Packers' run defense. Yeah, and then I remembered, hey they don't dummy, him enough. Yeah, you watched that game last week and you texted Matt and said, why aren't they running Miles Sanders? Right, or dumping it to him when he's open. <laughs> yeah. or, right. Boston Scott had as many touches in that game as Miles Sanders. I think Sanders has a little bit of Kamara in him, in that he's not a super high touch guy. But man, I mean that offense is struggling so bad. Why wouldn't you? They make were in him that game. The focal point of the yeah. focal point. You're of the down game. one score, and you're not you're not using Miles Sanders at all. You're, you're doesn't make dumping the ball off to Boston Scott. You're having Boston Scott run draws. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just again coaching malpractice. Yeah, it's bad. Peterson's not doing a good job, and everyone blames Wentz, but it's deeper than that. Yeah, they also are missing four offensive lines. Uh, I guess you start Goddard. Yes, Ertz might return, but I don't care. Yeah, um, Rager. Yeah. Can do a lot better. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I got to see something first, right? I'm, I'm not on anything. A, on a bad offense. Uh, Patriots at Chargers. The over under is forty seven and a half. I like Harris a lot in that one. Yeah, yeah. I think the game will be close. I think I actually think the Patriots will win because they win games. Well, Cam's questionable for this game. Is he? I expect him to play. Yeah. Uh, I might stream both of these defenses. It's not bad. Because I think I think Belichick will scheme some things up to confuse Herbert a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, yeah. He kills young quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, and I think the Chargers will uh, – the Patriots just don't – they're not an up-and-down-the-field kind of team. No, I don't – any defense against the Chargers. So this game's, you know, 20-17 to 17 or something like that. That's not so bad. Yeah. You, the problem with playing against the Patriots is Bosa probably won't have a lot of sacks. You know, like they're not going to throw a lot. They don't, they don't put the ball in harm's way as much as you'd like, but that's all right. Yeah. Um, is James White usable? I guess. I think it's pretty clear it's a two-headed backfield now. I mean, I would, I would use him as a flex. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if you're going to use... They'll be out there every third down. If you're going to use Harris, you can probably then use... They're kind of the same. Yeah. I mean, they're total opposites, but they're kind of the same. Yeah. Hunter Henry. I mean, Eckelar, you're starting. Allen, Allen you're starting. Yeah. But I think Williams is okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't know if that piece of... If that pie is big enough to feed all of them, though. Yeah, now, especially now with Eckelar back, but... Mm-hmm. but it's he, tough. I mean, he almost needs to catch a long one for you, but he can. Yeah. Broncos and Chiefs. The over-under is 51. See, I think the Broncos are sneaky starts there. You know, like, Locke's like this year's version of Blake Bortles' garbage time guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's got weapons. He's an aggressive thrower. They're losing late in games. So, I think he'll throw – he'll put up numbers and the whole passing game will. I don't think Lindsey's playing and Gordon's been anything but great, but 
If he's the only back there, then, then he gonna, he's going to get fifteen though. touches. Yeah, their run defense yeah. is terrible. I mean, early in the game they'll feed. They're going to have to try to yeah keep the late in the game Chiefs off the field. Balls. Chiefs I mean, defense, Chiefs are, I think you start. Yeah, I would think they have sacks. Because Locke will throw a couple to the other yeah, team. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah that's a good start. Um, I can't start the Denver D, although I respect them. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll give Mahomes some problems, but they'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. in the field all the time. Uh, and you're starting, of course. Uh, well, that's this is the game now. The running back conversation. The running back sure, conversation yeah. we were having off the air. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has missed the last two days of practice with an mm-hmm. illness. I don't expect him to play. Especially as a rookie. He's as a rookie, the established yeah. You've got Le'Veon Bell there. If you're them, you can say, well, you know what? Why don't we give Edwards-Hilaire the week off? Mm-hmm. He's a rookie. He's carried a reasonably heavy workload for us this year. Sure. Save him for. We got Bell here. Let's see what we got in Le'Veon Bell. Williams can play. Yeah. Yeah, they can get. This could be a game where I think Le'Veon Bell gets 15 touches. Bell, I think, is a good start. Yeah. He looks fine. He doesn't look like he'll catch the ball. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's fine now. Yeah. I mean, he'll he'll finish that game with, I don't know, 12 carries for 50 yards and Mm -hmm. and three or four catches for another 25. I might even take the over on those numbers. Yeah. I mean, he may end up And with... get, to, get the touchdowns yeah, if yeah, they yeah. have a goal line plunge. Yeah. But he ends up with over 100 combined yards if, if Edwards Lair doesn't play. He's still capable of doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, especially when you have to play the pass against these guys. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. I mean... It'll be the matchup you know, time and time when, again. When, well, I, I texted you this. We'll talk about this in the next segment. Right. About the, the offensive line ranking stuff. Mm, okay. The run ranking. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's solid. Uh, Washington-Pittsburgh... Um, kind of expect a low-scoring game in this one. Not a, not I like the over/under is forty-two. I think it's I think it's teetering on the edge of being over that. Both these, both defenses, you start because yeah. you have to. And they're both rush to pass well. Yeah, they both rush to pass well. The Steelers haven't given up a sack in one hundred and ninety-nine pass attempts. Yeah, I brought that up to Ben today. He wasn't happy about that. <laughs> oh, now you jinxed it. I, was like, I, I bet they <laughs> give up one this week, though. Probably. Uh, but both of these pass defenses are good. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't talked about it much, but they do a really good job against slot receivers. Yeah, I mean, Juju's still very startable, but might not be his best day. I have such faith in Deontay. I think he comes back in a huge way in this I game. think they got a little embarrassed the last yeah. time. And here's and they one have, that, they avoid, you, you can hit the long ball on these guys, too. Here's one to, uh, to keep an eye on. The, the uh, Washington has allowed six catches this year of 50-plus yards. A lot. Chase Claypool is a must start. Claypool's going to get some shots. Yeah, they're yeah, going to take your shots. One. I'm starting Claypool over Juju. Yes. Yeah, I think he's their number one start this week. Yeah, I think tight ends have carved these guys up too. Yeah, they've had some. They've had some success there too as yeah. well. So Ebron's also in the in the mix. The only football teamers I'm starting though are Gibson and McLaurin. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's every week. That's every week. Yeah. Right. Uh, Bills of 49ers. The over under is 47. Um, the Bills are pretty straightforward. You're going to start. Yeah. yeah. But no John Brown means they're a lesser offense. They're a lesser offense than what they are. And that's a big uh, – he's on IR. He won't play against the Steelers. No, and people are looking at that Steeler game. That's a huge deal. Yeah. We'll it talk really, about really that more them. next week. Sure. But, um, you're going to start those two guys. I don't know that I start any of the, the guys in the backfield. No. I think it's Allen and Diggs. Yeah, I think Allen and Diggs. Maybe I, their I defense. Maybe the defense. Maybe the defense, but I think they'll get run on. Yeah, I do as well. I think San Fran wins that game, by the way. I do as well. Yeah. I think San Fran wins it. As far as San Francisco. Um, Mostert's the guy. Mostert's the guy, so you're going to start him. You're going to start Debo Samuel. Yes. I think his average depth of target was like two yards last week. That's fine. He's right but, after the catch. It's, it's 12 yards per, yeah. But I think that's it. Yeah. I, I, Ayuk might be back. I would but I think about it, but I want to see it. No. Yeah. I think it's Mostert and Debo. 
And then finally, uh, Cowboys and Ravens, uh, over-under. Well, there's no spread on this game. There's no over-under because we don't know what's happening with Lamar Jackson. We'll talk more. I, I, <sighs> we, we might as well not even bring it up. Yeah. I mean, tough road for the Dallas offense. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a great Zeke day. We don't know. I mean, they, they, the Ravens are getting some of their guys back. I don't know if they're going to get everybody mm-hmm. back in time for this game. I don't know, like Calais Campbell, guys of that nature. Dobbins is intriguing. Yeah. And I'm not sure that it, you're going to start Zeke. You're gonna, you know. Yeah. Marquise Brown's been in your doghouse all week. And I'm not sure one play is enough to get him out. It is not. <laughs> no, it is not. But that's going to do it for the Fantasy Football Focus. Uh, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. We'll take a break. Come back right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Lally here with Matt Williamson and Matt. Uh, I texted you a couple weeks ago about this. I forgot to bring it up on the show, and mm-hmm. so, uh, I can't remember who it was. Put out a ranking of the uh, top ten run blocking lines okay. in the NFL a few weeks ago, and they had like I think Kansas City was ranked second yeah, in that maybe. list. Okay, uh, and I was looking at the list, and I'm like, you know, Cleveland was on there. Okay, I sure. get that. Um, Tennessee, you know, Minnesota, Tennessee. Yeah, some okay. of those, but then there was like Arizona. Yeah, Kansas City. Those aren't good run blocking lines. They're just not seeing stacked boxes. Box, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a running quarterback. I mean, right. it sure helps when you have Kyler or Lamar. Yeah, that, that helps your run numbers a lot. We, right. Even Mahomes helps that out with Kansas City a little bit. Oh yeah. Well, they never have a stacked box. Obviously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I hundred percent agree. So you know, I'm looking at the you know the numbers here on Pro Football or uh, Football Outsiders. And the, they have the Steelers with the number one pass blocking line in the league. I think that's legit. They've given up ten sacks all year. Yeah, right. That's number one. Their guy doesn't get hit. Yeah, um, that'd be a hard metric to create. That, it's just a pass. thing. Yeah, I mean, you start looking at, at, at the offensive lines. They have the Steelers twenty eighth in adjusted line yards because mm-hmm. of the of the running issues. But I don't know how many of those running like they're they're twenty second in running back yards. Uh, power success rate, they're 20th at 63%. See, that's actually a cool metric. That's like short yardage stuff. Yeah. Can you get the yard when you need it? Like, okay, that's yeah. that adds up. I mean, I have no problem. Open field yards, that. they're 10th. Hmm. Uh, I guess that's getting your back into the open field. Yeah, I think it's getting him in past X amount of yards at the line of scrimmage or something like uh, that. Second level yards, 24th. Stuffed hmm. rate, 13th. That's how many negative plays right. you have, right? Which thirteenth? I mean, you're above average, right? That's not bad. I don't think that's a problem. And then number one in, in adjusted, you know, adjusted sack rate. That's the you know you can have you know that whatever you may talk, think about. Well, yeah, they they lead the league. They I think it's them and the Colts are tied for the league lead and fewest Few sacks, sacks allowed. allowed. Yeah, but they lead the league in adjusted sack rate, which okay. is okay. I'm not sure exactly how they figure that, but I used to know, <laughs> and it's it's a good metric. It's a good way of doing it. So over overall, I'm looking at that line. I'm going okay. They're not. I mean, I don't. Some think of the those things, bad. like some of the some of that stuff is running back related as well. Without question. Um, some of it is peripheral blocker related, right? Yeah, um, it's not it's, just the, the 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 offensive line. No, is 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 this guy sealing the edge, or is he allowing? As we saw against Baltimore the other day, is is somebody coming in untouched and getting the backfield right. 
getting the, the back in the backfield. The line did its job, but somebody came off the edge. And Yes. It, like, I'm not saying it's all on the backs, but let's say, hypothetically, they go into next year with the same line. They use a 30-second pick in, in the draft on Travis Etienne out of Clemson, take the best back in the draft, and Steeler fans be like, but they can't run the ball anyways because they can't block it. I'm like, I it'll bet, be all right. Yeah, put, Dal- put <laughs> Dalvin know, Cook behind this line or right, put right, Nick right. Chubb behind this line. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Look a lot better than it does right now. Yes, and I really thought that the running backs didn't get enough heat for last year's problems. Yeah. Right? Pass blocking, make the yards on their own. And a, a lot of it last year was because there was no fear of the passing game. But how do you think people play against Henry and Chubb and, right. and, and Cook and, you know, right. I mean, how do you think Saquon's whole career is gone? Yeah, and they still put up numbers. They still know? put up the numbers because yeah. they're great backs. They're brave, they they're can great make backs. that guy miss. Yes. And then if you give him a crease, I mean, they sometimes eight-man boxes mean – I get behind you guys quicker, and there's no one to catch me down. Right, you know, like the Steelers don't have that. Game. When it is blocked up correctly, that yeah. that and ten that miss. ten yard gain that the Steelers backs are getting turns into a fifty yard run. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know? So yeah, Lev Bell got a lot of attention too. Right, <laughs> you know, he still got his yards. Still got his yards. It's not all on the backs, but no, I do think yeah. the back room. It's all part of it. It's certainly it's all part of the, the equation. equation. Yeah, uh, time for us to make our picks in this oh, game. Yeah. Um, I got the Steelers winning this one twenty four seventeen. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be a reasonably close game because of both defenses. Yeah. Uh, but the Steelers are the more talented team. I'm similar. I had a 27-20, so a seven-point difference. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that these D-lines will be a handful. Uh, the rest that the, the Washington has, I think, is in their favor, but they're not as good. I don't, I don't expect the, the Steelers – Got embarrassed the other night. I was about to say Even that. though they won the game, they yeah. they were still embarrassed after that game. And you you heard the the anger and frustration in their voices, and when including the, guys, the head coach, yeah, and nobody was happy with that performance. They will not put up a performance like that again. That doesn't mean this is going to be an easy win. No, um, you know this Washington team has played some teams tough. I'm looking here. Uh, you know they they lost to the Ravens when the Ravens were actually playing well, 17 mm-hmm. That was with Haskins. No, they're going to hang with anybody. Yeah. Uh, the Rams beat them thirty to ten. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't, I don't know that I expect a game like that. Uh, but they've also, this is a team that's 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 you know lost to uh, the Lions. Oh yeah, this yeah. is a team that, that's that's lost, lost to the Giants, lost twice. to the Giants twice. Right. I mean, their wins aren't real impressive, obviously, yeah. you know, on paper. And back to the Steelers. I mean, just the the nature and history of this organization, their head coach, the stability, their quarterback. I do not expect a sloppy game. I think more of a statement game because everyone's starting to understand the press clippings. This is the most overrated team in the league, and yeah, there's a human nature factor to it. Yeah. And they're going to embarrass the next team, maybe. Yeah, um, I don't know that you know if, if a seven point win would be, would be embarrassing. I think the mm-hmm. spread's like nine and a half. Is it really? Uh, which I think is too much, but I think there's a chance of a blowout. Though. Typically, though, when you look at these games, AFC versus NFC, I mean, these are two teams that don't see each other a lot. No, no, and that plays that always plays a factor into mm-hmm. it as well. I think that helps Washington just because of the long week. Yeah, yeah and they're yeah they've right. so the Steelers uh, the, the coordinators talked today and they talked about how uh, I think even Ben Roethlisberger said you you know. They haven't had a lot of prep time for this game, mm-hmm. so you just basically do what you do best. That makes sense. You're not coming out with any Washington-specific sure. stuff, whereas Washington will come out with some oh, Steelers-specific stuff right? because right. they've had more time to prepare. This is more like a Thursday nighter where yeah. each 
coordinator kind of knows. Except one team. Only one team's working on a Thursday night. Yeah, the other team had the bye, and this team's working on, you know, coming off a Thursday night. So Uh, I would worry about that. That's a bit of a concern, and that's why I have this game a little closer than what I would have. Me too. I bet that. Not that it'll look like they blow a coverage or something, but I bet they scheme something up against a predictable coverage, and that's what coordinators yeah. do. In this that's league. the other yeah. side. The other part of this is Ron Rivera sees the Steelers every at least he did when he was in Carolina. Saw them quite regularly. He's been around the block. Yeah, and he knows <laughs> what he's doing. That's a good coaching staff. It's a good coaching staff, and Rivera and I have no idea if they're friends or not, but they both have been coaches this league a long time, and it's a pretty. Elite fraternity. I'm sure they know each other pretty well. Yeah, this was not Anthony Lynn coming in here. No, 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 no. Yeah. Or uh, what's his face in Cincinnati that has is new to the game. I heard a stat about him, which not shocked, but he's won 20 percent of his games yeah. as a head coach. Like, do you think Bengals make a change too? There could be a lot of changes. He's year. only been there. This is his second it's a year. year. And a half, you I can't. Know. I don't think you pull a plug on him. I don't think the Browns. The do. Brown. Uh, the Bengals Brown family. Won't. Yeah. Right, the, Brown the Bengals aren't going to do that. But I think he's won like 19% of his games. Yeah. It's really bad. It's really bad, and, and it's not going to get any another. better. Uh, but, no, I, I don't think they make a change <laughs> now that they've got their quarterback. I think he gets next year, mm-hmm. and, then, uh, and then they talk about and it. Like, about it. Yeah. like, I never thought of him in that light. I just assumed, oh, he'll be back. I mean, it's, it's Matt Patricia-like. It's a little Matt Patricia-like. Right? Adam Gase-like. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, man, you're making us worse. Yeah, so... Anyways, uh, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Dave Damashek. Ah, nice. It's always good to hear from the Shack. I'm sure he was, uh, well, not real happy either with uh, sure. with that game uh, on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, so, yeah, um, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, certainly we'll get to uh, Dave Damashek from the NFL uh, Network right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And, Matt, uh, they, the Steelers can clinch a playoff spot this weekend with a win and a Browns loss. Uh, Does that clinch the division? That would clinch the division if they do that. Yeah, there's do that. there's some other things there that they can clinch yeah. with a win and some other teams losing or tying. So, crazy. Uh, yeah, it's crazy it's to pretty, clinch this early. Pretty darn early to have pretty that, darn that early. check mark by your standings, you know. Yeah, that, that takes a little bit up. of the pressure off. Yeah, right, right. Absolutely. So, so it's uh, been a heck of a year. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, one guy who's quite happy about that, I'm sure, is Dave Damashek of the NFL Network and NFL.com. He joins the DVE Morning Show every week to talk uh, Steelers in the overall NFL. And uh, we like to play that back on Fridays. Here's what Dave had to say uh, earlier today on the DVE Morning Show. The DVE Morning Show, your radio home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. And joining us now, Though his heart lie here on the banks of the Three Rivers, he is situated in Southern California, host, co-host of the Extra Points Podcast, Minus Three Podcast, Dave Damashek, ladies and gentlemen. Dave D., Dave. how are you, sir? Well, my heart's heavy, fellas, as you know. I know everybody who's a Steelers fan is feeling uh, a little glum, uh, despite uh, the victory over the bald birdies. A season sweep just one year ago. Who would have guessed that? If you would have watched uh, the season finale, um, in Baltimore 
at the uh, off the right arm of the same RG3 we watched on Wednesday afternoon. Um, who would have guessed that the Steelers would sweep that series? Maybe that's what we're supposed to take out of it, is that uh, look how quick things can turn. And sadly, they turn too quickly for uh, for Bud Dupree there towards the end of the game. What a bummer. Well, uh, it's it was the number one concern of this game was getting out healthy. Now That's not, all I cared about, right. Whether it meant mm-hmm. staying away from the coronavirus or season-ending injury. And it just... We were talking off air, the butterfly effect of this game being bounced around. If this game is played on Thanksgiving night, Dave, are we frustrated today with a win? Instead, you know, instead of rejoicing that this team is eleven and zero, we feel like we got kicked in the gut. Yeah, it's it. Well, yeah, the butterfly effect is, and of course, everybody would push back quickly, and it'd be a hard argument to make that Bud Dupree doesn't get hurt if they just play that game on Thursday night because injuries happen in every football game. But, of course, the sequence, the exact sequence of events um, doesn't go down the way it went down on Wednesday afternoon if the game is played six days prior. Maybe it's a different Steeler who is lost for the season. Um, but there's no way you could talk me out of the the notion that the exact same sequence of events couldn't have gone down on Thursday night as they did on Wednesday, ergo, I you can kind of point the finger that uh, at all these um, these time changes, day changes of the game cost Bud Dupree his season and and therefore a lot of money. I, I, I listen, I, I'm just sick about it, fellas. I feel bad for him, you know, with the franchise tag and now the unknown of the off season. Yeah, uh, yeah, just uh, it, it. But like I say, um, I also feel that. But John Harbaugh really just about like as as we, you know, put this to bed and move forward uh, into the next week. I feel like for real, this was all about John Harbaugh not wanting to play a game that his team basically had to have. He knew they needed to win this game. And it was like, well, we're not going to have Lamar Jackson. We got to push. We got to do whatever we can to kick this thing down the road. And you're never going to be able to talk me off of that one either. Oh, no. It, th- for me, the Bud Dupree injury is just another reason to hate Harbaugh, hate the Ravens. And to your point, Dave, my heart is heavy for Bud Dupree, and for him personally, obviously. But for that unit, I, I like seeing teams reach their potential. And I thought that this defense was so special that I wanted to watch them all get to climb this mountain together and try to get to the top as a unit because they were just terrorizing offenses and and Bud was having a monster year. He's such a key part of what they do that rush up the middle that just, you know, has offenses on their heels all day. It's, you know, uh, our mutual pal, Ike Taylor, um, uh, talked about, uh, I, I had him on uh, minus three a, a few weeks ago and we were talking about, that what uh, what Mike Tomlin he referred to it as brainwashing in the kindest of sense. He said that he 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 brainwashed T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree, who naturally both want to get a lot of sacks because they get paid. And you always hear that uh, that rhetoric out of the locker room about like it's team, we're playing for each other, and it's not about individuals. And there are a lot of guys that were on that uh, last Steelers Super Bowl champion team, Mike Taylor being one of them, who said. <laughs> 
there's talent in that locker room. This was two, three years ago. There's a lot of talent in that locker room, but I don't necessarily know that they're playing for each other, that it, that it's not about individual uh, stuff to some degree. And you really felt last year that the seven sitting down was galvanizing and that defense yeah. really did rally together and the whole team rallied together and seven bought in as he returned. And, he, and Tomlin really did to some degree brainwash Watt and Dupree into playing the run in early downs. It wasn't always about just teeing off and getting to the QB that they really were that the difference in this defense was that those two guys were contributing significantly to shutting down the run, whether it was the Ravens or anybody else. And now you take Dupree out of there. It's just, uh, but listen, mm. in 2020, I know it's hard to find the silver lining, but fellas, we got to, we have no choice, but to do it. We still have the first ballot hall of famer, number seven there at QB. And, you know, I, I think he likes the chip on his shoulder. Pittsburgh has placed a chip on its shoulder mm-hmm. collectively. Mm-hmm. Everybody doubts. Yep. What is this? What is this jive? What is this pap about calling an undefeated team overrated? This is the word I keep hearing <laughs> from the national media that that the Steelers are uh, the literal word I keep hearing applied to them is over. How can you overrate undefeated? They have zero in the loss column. There's no overrating <laughs> that. that. That's it. And yet, let that noise continue. Let it mount that the Chiefs are an impossible mountain to climb, Crawford. You talk about the mountain that you want to be on. Let the let Patrick Mahomes and company sit up high there, and the Steelers can't possibly reach them. That's just the position we want to be in. We, we don't want to be the team that's supposed to be yeah. them. We want, no. to, we, we want to be the plucky gang coming in there. Chris <laughs> Collinsworth talking about like, I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Mike and Al, I don't know. The ladies in Pittsburgh, even they don't believe it. I got to tell you they I was talking to them and they don't, they just don't like uh, uh, what our nickel package looks like <laughs> against, against Patrick Mahomes and Tyree kill. And they don't know who's going to step up, which covered safety is going to be able to handle Travis Kelsey. You know what? That's exactly the spot we want. Yeah. What do we keep talking about, fellas? Journey in 2020, especially not destiny, not destination. Let's get them. Let's go get Washington, whatever's. And I talk about, <laughs> by the way, the passage of time that we're still in the week 13. We're talk, calling a pro football team the Washingtons or whatever. Oh, yeah. Happened. I mean, you know, uh, Dave, again, we played a Thursday night football game on a Wednesday with the Sunday night football crew. And now we are doing a post-game analysis on a Friday before our next game, Monday at 5 p.m. against a team with no nickname. What in hell? What in hell? How did we get here? This isn't the way three men make a living. This isn't the way that it's supposed to be. We're not men. I'll tell you what they should call them is the Washington women. Because women love football. <laughs> the Washington ladies. I was here. I, I, I got to tell you. I'm He's just the... Nation's capital, uh, toadiest bar there. Uh, He's just going to overcompensate now and just be like, I'll tell you what, no bigger fan of football than women. I know yeah. that that's the one that gets the heat that uh, Collinsworth is, uh, had to issue a, an apology, I guess, yesterday and yeah. everything about it. But to me, the one that I like even better from him, I mean, that, that the first one, like, even ladies like football. Like, yeah, that's like. He, he's an old man. He's from yeah. a, he's from another generation. And, and, and to his credit, he you know he admitted like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that sounded, 
you know, uh, the, I did not intend for it to sound the way it did. And, you know, I mean, isn't the goal for people, if you want them to come onto your side, then to go, okay, good, you got it, you're on our side. Not to continually flagellate them. Yeah, well, it's, it's you know, Boomer Berman has fallen under the same thing, which is like he denounced right right in front of his eyes. He, he went from semi-hip, well, I don't know if you would ever call Chris Berman hip, but he went from like, he was the voice of football America yeah. to being out of step when he started making fun of fantasy football. And it's like, Hey, Hey, uh, boomer, you're the only human being who doesn't know anything about fantasy football at this point. It's the same thing. Chris Collinsworth, like, yeah, we, I don't know if you heard Chris women like football now. Is that- <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's where we are undefeated. And somehow it felt like a loss because we lost Bud Dupree and we watched our team embarrass themselves in front of a bunch of people who were used to watching soap operas at that time of day. But Mm. the Washington football team has gotten better and better every week, Dave, and they are now poised to win the NFC East. Not a not a huge accomplishment uh, this this season (laughs) in particular, but still not a game to be taken lightly, lightly, particularly after the upheaval of the schedule, the getting them out of their routine uh, uh, that we saw, the result of that we saw on Wednesday afternoon. Not so great for the Steelers. So I think we need to really focus here. And Deontay Johnson can't drop every other ball thrown to him. Very true. And I also <laughs> like how poised is one of those words that's used a lot in sports more than it is in any other walk of life. A lot of people in sports poised to do stuff. Not as many, not, not, not as much, uh, you, you may, you're like when, when we finish up the show today, when Bauman finishes up, Bauman's <laughs> poised to take a nap, you yes. know, like we, 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 we don't hear that talk as much outside yes. of the world of sports, but listen, I do remember the late great Myron Cope who once said the terrible towel is poised to strike. And so are the Steelers. We have a Hall of Famer. There are a lot of, I talk a lot about in the NFL in 2020, we've achieved full QB saturation, which is to say, barring injury, obviously, if your starting QB is hurt and you have to throw the backup in there, then that throws it out. But the the state of QB and in pro football is pretty good right now. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where like Case Keenum was a viable starter, was as good <laughs> as you could do. Now, like who's the worst starter in the league? There aren't very many awful situations going in pro football. However, the middle class is beefy. There is only a few select fellas that still inhabit the upper class of pro football. Guys who aren't just game managers, not just not just the point guard distributing the ball. Sure, number seven has done that effectively this year. We heard a lot of that from Chris. Look, get rid of the ball. He's really getting rid of the ball. People of Pittsburgh really appreciate it. <laughs> when you're um, talking about a beefy middle class, you're talking about the city of Pittsburgh. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about the ladies. You know, shout out to you, beefy ladies. <laughs> so um, beefy I don't ladies know if you guys know this, but the women have joined the workforce now, and they <laughs> are. They By vote. the way, where the hell is? Where does Collinsworth? Uh, where does it? Where, where does he uh, put his head down at night? Cincinnati. What's a, what's a, who's he to talk about? Any uh, anyway? Listen, <laughs> I, I I have neither the time nor the interest to indulge Chris Collinsworth's nonsense anymore. I have. Just one thing to say, there's a small, small group of human beings walking the planet Earth right now, capable of not just overseeing victory, but guiding, dragging its team to victory. 
we just so happen on the banks of the three rivers to have yet another Hall of Fame right arm in the line of Unitas and Namath and Kelly and Marino and Montana. And up on that list also now stands one time Ohio and Pittsburgh or forever. Number seven, Big Ben Roethlisberger. It's number seven time. You've been delivered by this defense to 11 and 0. Where we go from here is up to you, number seven. You have my full confidence. Blue collar Pittsburgh and I love you, seven. <laughs> Take us to the top of that mountain. Knock 15 and the rest of those red jersey fellas off of it. Here we go, Steelers. It's December. Let's round out 2020 in style. Go get Washington whatevers. Dave <laughs> Damashek. You know, the, the ladies will love it. <laughs> <laughs> that was NFL Network and NFL.com's Dave Damashek. Of course, Pittsburgh native. We play him back every Friday Always uh, to finish the show. and all grand finale, yeah. <laughs> it's a great finish to the week, as usual. <laughs> Always fired up. Bring some energy, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, he has a very Dave Wanstead like yeah, accent. That's a good that's a good one. Yeah, that's that sound about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just there. You can hear it. And he doesn't hide it. So No, he doesn't hide it one bit. He yeah, hide so, it when he's on national TV, right? Yeah. Um Steelers play the the uh Washington football team. That's a five o'clock start on Monday. So we'll that be means, back Tuesday. That means no show for us, but yeah. uh, enjoy the show. Enjoy the games this weekend. Uh, we'll have of course, to break down on Tuesday. Yeah, we'll have all kinds of stuff. And we'll also have the Ravens playing that night. We'll see how many guys they got back uh, yeah. off the COVID list. Uh, we'll talk about all that when we return next Tuesday. Just a few games left. We're, we're down, coming down the coming stretch down now. The we're in December, man. We're in December, and it's time for us to unleash hell in December. <laughs> yeah, they've unleashed hell up till now. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, so for my partner, Matt Williamson, for uh, Jacob Recht here on site, keeping us on the air, I am Dale Lolly. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.